just to bring us uh, up to speed on what we've been looking at, in our first week, we talked about what is the church. That was Pastor Ralph talking about God's plan for the church. And then we did two weeks talking about uh, fundamentals for our church. You know, certainly biblical things, but things that are of high priority for us here at Grace and Peace. So we looked at four foundations. The first one, uh, acknowledge that we're driven by purpose. Uh, A second one that we looked at is that we embrace the three great biblical commitments. So that was to the great commandment, the great commission, and the great compassion. And we unpacked all of that. And then uh, the, the next two foundations we looked at, this was now just last week, we had said that our values guide our steps. And we spoke all about what are our core values that guide, you know, the the steps that we take, the way we do what we do. And then we also acknowledged uh, one of our foundations is that we are building an inspiring culture. And that we want to be a place that regardless of how long somebody has been here, regardless of what level of participation, that it pulls the best out of everybody. And uh, how many know that doesn't happen by accident? Right? We have to do that on purpose. That's something we all together have to build. And we talked about some pillars of culture. We talked about uh, wanting a culture of honor, a culture of servanthood, a culture of accountability. And, and then we, you know, we looked at all six of those and laid that out. So now for this week, again, if you have your bulletin and you have your notes, you'll, you'll notice that the title of the message just says, Welcome Home. And so I just want to say, if you call Grace and Peace your home church, this morning I want to tell you, welcome home. I want you to know, I want you to be affirmed, I want you to understand this is your home. How many know there's a big difference when we're at home and when we're someplace else? You know, when we're not at home, uh, we're, we're maybe not as comfortable. You know, uh, you, you know uh, we might not be quick to go to the fridge. I don't know, some of you are super extroverts and you're like, I have no problem. First time through the door at somebody's house, I'll go right to the fridge. But you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's where when we're at home, we don't feel like we have to ask permission to get a snack. When we're at home, we don't have to say, can I use the bathroom? Right? It's home. We just go in and do what we need to. And then we don't wait to feel included because we recognize it's our home. So church, I want to tell you, welcome home. Amen? Amen. There's a level of comfort we have at home, right? We, we say there's no place like home. Uh, and then also, you, you know, sometimes when we're at home, family gets on our nerves. Come on. Right? Sometimes there's friction. But you know what? I found more times than not, you know, with all that being what it is, God help the person that messes with our family, right? So what I want to say uh, as we talk this morning about this is home, welcome home, let's be a people that fight for our family. Amen. Amen? Let's be a people that recognize, man, this is my family. Sometimes there's good, sometimes there's bad and ugly, but we are all aiming toward God's best for us. And and that the only way that's going to happen is when we build that together. So, hey, can we make a decision? Let's make this home heaven on earth. Let's make that decision. Amen. So... 
Amen. Amen. You know, for some folks, you might be saying, you know, well, hey, I I don't know that it it feels like home or, you know, maybe you've been let down. Maybe your experience has been, you know, one where where folks have been, you know, far less than perfect. Uh, It's been part of my prayer and part of my hope as we share what we're aiming at, who we are aiming to be in Christ, that that will help us not get sucked in to the the devices and traps of the enemy that he wants to use against the body of Christ. Things like offense, things like wounded spirit, things like resentment and unforgiveness, right? Now, just, just by a show of hands, how many have ever had someone be less than nice to you? I'm going to keep your hand up if you're like, it's 1043 and that already happened today. Less than nice to me. Already been there several times. I can put both hands up. Now, how many of you had somebody be less than nice to you and then you get some insight into their story and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Like it, you, you realize, yeah, and I'm, I'm not excusing bad behavior or anything like that, but man, it, it just helps you not hold on to the offense or the woundedness or whatever that would be going on, right? So that, that's kind of the, the, the stream that I'm going in here with this, that, you know, as we say, all right, this is my home, there will be times where there's less than God-glorifying experience, perception, whatever, but we can say, this is my family, I know what we're aiming at, I know what we're building, I know our heart. So you know what? I'm not going to let the enemy put his hooks in. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to get into strife. I'm not going to get into division. I'm not, I'm not going to carry a wounded spirit. I'm going to let all that stuff go because I know who God wants us to be. Amen? Amen? I want it to be empowering for us to say, you know, I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to believe the best. And I know we spent five weeks talking about this is our heart of hearts of, of who we want to be in Christ. Now, with that being said and done, it doesn't mean we let naughty behavior off the hook, right? If we see hypocrisy, it's love to share and and call out the blind spot. You know, if there's something broken and it's broken systemically, man, we want to hit it, we want to address it, we want to call it what it is and, and, and deal with it. You know, how many times should I do that, Pastor Jim? Seven times? Oh, let me quote the master. Nay, not seven times. Seventy times seven right? How long do I keep working at it? As long as God says this is our home, we keep fighting for what God wants us to be and who God has called us to be. Amen. Come on, can you say amen? So, so you, you know, th- that's some of the context of what we're looking at here. So when we talk about this is home, welcome home, you know, these things that I just mentioned, they're all a part of the struggle that the body of Christ has faced throughout the ages, And in fact, it's addressed in the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, This is a verse we've used in the series. I'm going back to it. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And you know, whenever we look at this verse, we, we just acknowledge that D, that's capital D. That's a very specific day that's approaching. The day when the Lamb of God 
who is sitting at the right hand of the Father will stand to his feet. He will depart. He is bodily in heaven right now. And the heavens will, will, will part and Jesus will come to earth. Right? That's been the cry. That has been the, the declaration of the church throughout the ages. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. 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 And so, in, you know, Holy Spirit in, 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 in his wisdom, in God's wisdom says to us, so you know what? Spur one another on. Don't give up meeting. Keep encouraging because that day surely is going to come. That's what we can keep our eyes on to say, you know what? It's worth fighting for. I'm fighting for God's bride. I'm fighting for the body of Christ. All right. So, so with, with this as a context, I just want to look at two truths this morning. That, that pour out of this when we say, this is my home. And, and, and these are going to tie back into themes that we looked at through this series. But church, I want you to hear me. I'm praying for myself, for all of us, that God would grant us a deeper revelation of walking out these two truths that we're going to look at here. Right? Any place in the room, any place watching online, listening to the podcast where it is mental head knowledge and not revelation that's in our heart changing the way we live, I've been asking, Holy Spirit, change our hearts. Let us leave different. Let us see with a whole new paradigm. Right? Have you ever had where, you know, there used to be this game uh, when I, uh, I was youth pastoring, it was called Yellow Car. It was just whenever you'd be driving on the road, you'd yell, yellow car, whenever you see a yellow car on the road, and you'd get a point, you know? And then if you saw a yellow Hummer, you just won. You just, like, the game was over. You just won. Sounds like a youth game, doesn't it, right? Just a good, you know. But it was amazing. Once you pointed that out, man, all of a sudden, all you started seeing was yellow cars, you know? It's just like, it's interesting, the, the car that I'm driving, uh, uh, I started driving a couple of years ago, and it wasn't until I started driving that car that I saw the car everywhere. You know, just there's something different on my perspective. I'm praying for us this morning that God would just give us a, a, a deeper perspective of seeing through his eyes. All right, so if we're, we're taking notes, the first of two truths that we want to unpack a little bit this morning is together we fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ here on earth. It's together that we fulfill the Lord's mission here on earth. And so we want to make sure that we carry uh, a heart, that we carry his burden, that it translates into his priority becomes our priority in how we live our lives. So what's the mission of Christ on the earth? Well, Luke 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Church, we are, biblically speaking, we are in the era of grace. The era of grace does not last forever. When the Lord comes back, when the Lord returns, we are, we are, we are closing a chapter. The age of grace is, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. When, when, when it was declared, you know, back in the Gospels, right? And when it's walked out in the life of Jesus and when he gives the great commission, 
this great commission, go and preach the gospel, uh, you, you know, and make disciples of all nations, a clock started. Which means there's going to be a closing of the door on the time where people will have the opportunity to respond to the grace that they have in Jesus Christ. And we need to live in light of the fact that that is not just an infinite, endless opportunity, but it's something, it's a finite beginning to that and Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and there's going to be a finite conclusion to that when, when the age that we're living in actually changes. Jesus said in John 16, 7, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Just imagine, he's with disciple, the disciples. Can you imagine being one of the disciples and spending, you know, three and a half years with him on earth, living with him, eating, sleeping, all the ministry and all the stuff, and then Jesus says, I'm going. Man, wouldn't you just be like, Lord, no, 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 don't go anywhere. I don't want you to go anywhere. You know, I, we could so relate to that. He says, no, I have to go to the Father. But it's good for you because then I will send the advocate. Holy Spirit will come and indwell you. And uh, he said, but if, if, I, uh, if I go, I'll send him to you. It's not until I go till I can send him to indwell you. And that's the context of the great commission that we're given. We looked at it a couple weeks ago. Let's go back and return to it. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them. Now remember, what's the truth that we're looking at? Together we fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ on the earth. And it's to proclaim salvation and freedom and wholeness and life and sight, right? Matthew 8, uh, 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority... All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's his mission. How many know it's our mission? And he has all authority on heaven and earth. And he's given us that authority to walk in. So you, you might not have heard this in a while. Uh, we, we, we bring this up at our membership class. But Grace and Peace's mission statement uh, is, is, is Christ's statement, uh, you, you know, to, to reach the world. Here's our mission statement. To seek and save that which is lost by providing encounter with God. Encounter with God. What kind of encounter? Encounter in his word, his worship, and his wonder. Encountering the living God. Not religion, not good church folks, not the church of grace and peace, but encountering the living God. In his word, in his worship, and his wonder. So that our Lord is glorified his church edified and built up and his enemies terrified. Those spiritual enemies that stand against the Lord fleeing as his kingdom advances. Amen. Amen. So all of that to say, and again, if you're following in notes, we are God's representatives to the world. That's part of our mission. That's part of our calling. It's part of a vision that we want to let capture our hearts and capture our lives and begin to, to move through that, that, that 
understanding, see the world through, through that understanding. We are God's representatives to the world around us. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.20, this is a verse that we visit with regularity. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Lord, that, that our hearts would burn this morning to where our cry to the world would be, world, I implore you, be reconciled to God. Right? Now, if we're here today and we're saying, hey, this is all well and good, but man, there's just nothing going on in the inside. You're telling me this is my mission. Like, how do I step into this? Well, if, if there's like a disconnect going on on the inside, all we have to do is just get real with the Lord and just tell him, Lord, help my heart to burn for what your heart burns for. Lord, help me to love what you love. Help me to see what you see and he'll begin to do it. He'll begin to work in our lives and he'll give us his heart. That's why we go back to one of our foundations is the, you know, the great commandments. Love God with all of our heart. And Jesus said we're going to love our neighbor as ourself when we're, when we're keeping him first and keeping that love strong. Come on, can you say amen? So, so together, and, and that's why you, you want to know what? I can, God's going to call me to do stuff on my own. You know, we, we come together like this, and then we all kind of scatter into our circles of influence and spheres of influence, and God anoints and God leads us and God's, God works through us. But then we come together, and there is a corporate anointing for what God does through us, in us and through us, as a church family here at the Church of Grace and Peace. So may we hear a fresh reminder today, church, we need each other. And it's only together that we fulfill the Great Commission. All right, truth number two that we're going to look at here today, the church is not here for us. We are the church, and we are here for the world. Does that sound counterintuitive? Wait a minute. What do you mean the church is not here for us? Well, you want to know what? This becomes counterintuitive to when we come to Christ, it tells us in the word of God, it's compared often to physical growth, right? A baby becomes a child, becomes an adolescent, becomes an adult. And we're shown in the word of God that, that kind of, you know, spiritually we start off spiritual infant and then, then we grow up spiritually and we're to grow into, you know, full maturity moving forward. So we've got that grow up process that's at work in our lives. But then church, we also have the obstacle of living in a culture that is constantly telling us, honey, it's all about you. Right? And so we have to at some point allow God's voice to show us, to remind us, to begin to move our hearts to where it's really not all about me. Right? And, and, and you know, the, it's, it's kind of like the picture of the, the story of the prodigal son. Right? The son who went away uh, and, and he spent his father's inheritance on riotous living, it says. And then he comes back home and, and, and the father is so thrilled that his son who was lost is found. But the older son is turning around and saying, hey, hey, dad, what gives? I've been hanging out with you the whole time. You're throwing him a party. He was awful toward you. Why are you being nice to him? What about me? And the father says, all that I have is yours. But your brother was lost. He was trying to, trying to get to his thinking. 
You know, you, you, you were shaking your fist, not, rec- not having a heart tender and broken toward my brother is lost. Right? And, that, and that's, that's a picture of the growth process that God wants to move us forward in uh, as we grow up. When we uh, are born again, when we come to Christ, it is all by ourselves. And it is all about ourselves. I recognize I'm a sinner. I recognize I need forgiveness. I recognize that Jesus is who he said he is, the son of God, and that he died on the cross for my sin. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I turn from my sin. There's a lot of I in me there, right? That's how it starts. That's how it should be. But from there, it turns into, okay, you are my son. And all I have is yours. Now look, there's a lost, broken world out there. Let's go love them back into my arms. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And so this is a part of the culture that we want to have, that we want to build, that we want to foster here at our church. We're going to constantly have needs. We're going to constantly have to lean on each other. And we want to be a place where, where we love each other. I mean, the Bible says to love people, especially those in the household of faith. So we don't want there to be any neglect for us here, but we want it to be that as we do life together, called to be a part of this family, that our eyes are out looking at that, those fields that are white unto harvest. You know, it was like there, there was a, a, a junior hire in youth ministry, and one time I was sharing an illustration, and I said, you know, that seat's empty, and there's a student in Ocean County that Jesus wants to reach and save that is meant to sit in that seat. That chair is meant to be a chair. It's meant to be a place where someone could come and meet Jesus. And I remember there was a junior high student that came to me and said, well, you, you, you're talking to us all, all this morning about everybody else. Like, don't you love us? You know, and again, I, I had to have like a little coaching time and say, of course I do. I got, I got to have that uh, older brother of the prodigal son conversation. Oh yeah, you're here. Oh, we love you. Don't you worry about it. But together, you and I want to recognize how many know uh, God had this sanctuary constructed the way he had it constructed to fit the amount of chairs that it, that, that it fits. Is it only me or just, okay. And, 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 and up in the balcony and the same kind of thing. What I'm saying is there are people that are not yet reached that God wants to reach. And the more you and I live on mission for him, the more and more it's going to be an environment where the lost can come and meet the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, we talked about acknowledging in our American culture, it's con- con- you know, constantly bringing us back to, uh, uh, man, I want to focus on my needs. And, you know, again, uh, hopefully I, I clarified that it's not just... Uh, Yes, it's that we want to take care of our own needs, but with our eyes looking out. Jesus in 1910 said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And so again, if you're following in the notes, you know, another way that we could word this, we are God's search and rescue team. God's search and rescue team. You know, the first image I got, you know, for us living down by the shore, you know, I just saw kind of like my, my face superimposed on David Hasselhoff running down the beach for the, the whole Baywatch thing. You know, the guitar was screaming in the background and splashing into the water, saving somebody, right? 
You know, it's funny, like I, I talk to people, as a matter of fact, I think Don's son Jake was one of the conversations I had finding out about the, the grueling training that they go through for that, that search and rescue for, you know, beach rescue. And uh, I was tired just hearing the story about it, you know. But good news is this is spiritual search and rescue that God has called us to. Now, I mentioned the, uh, the prodigal son earlier. It's interesting, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus mentions three parables. He talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And in each of those situations, there's tremendous rejoicing when those lost people or items are found. You know, and, and when you think about it, you know, when you look at the context, why did Jesus choose a coin, uh, a, a sheep, and, and a person? You know, when you look at the characteristics of each thing, like a coin it does not have any decision on where it's going to be put down and how it's going to be used. It just is, right? So when that coin was lost, that coin was sort of just in that situation, born into that situation of being lost. That's a great picture of in the world, all of us as humanity, we are born into a lost situation. But then Jesus talks about the sheep. Now, the sheep doesn't want to get hurt. The sheep doesn't want to get into danger. But the sheep isn't that bright. And the sheep wanders away from the shepherd, right? And then starts carrying on when it gets into trouble and gets into a mess, right? And that, isn't that a great picture of the person who says, man, I, I'm lost. I got away from God. I, I don't even know how that happened. I wasn't even trying to do that. You know, the heart was not um, one of rebellion. It was just uh, not, not heeding the voice of the master, not keeping an eye, not listening, and wandering, you know. And then there's this picture of the lost son who, as I mentioned early, earlier, just basically says, Dad, you're as good as dead. I want my inheritance so I can go spend it on sinful living. And I don't even, and it just leaves home. Uh, but even in that situation, in each of those situations, the heart of the Father is to see what is lost be found. And in each of those situations, rejoice with me, I found the coin. Rejoice with me, I, uh, my sheep that was lost is found. Rejoice with me, my son who was lost is found. I'm saying that because, you know, uh, Psalm 30, verse 11. Then he turned my sorrow into joy. He took away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. We want his mission to so be on our heart that we're filled with that same joy that the Lord has. Right? When we're, when we're here on a Sunday morning and we pause to do an altar call, a, a salvation opportunity for the 1,000th time, we don't want to ever get to the point where we say, Ah, oh, this again. Okay. Well, afterward, there's lunch, right? But instead, we want to be joining in prayer. We want to be standing in the gap for that person. And then we want to be joining heaven and celebrating when even just one person who is far from God comes back home. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So uh, we are not only, you know, uh, ambassadors on his behalf and, and those that are representing him on earth, but we are agents of his power. You know, every time Jesus shows up in the word, he brings a, a positive change. He always makes things better. If people were sick, he healed them. If uh, they were being accused, he forgave them. If they were having a bad day, he blessed them. If they were under demonic oppression, he set them free. 
Remember what we said earlier? Jesus tells us all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Now, church, I dare you to take him at his word. He said, so I give that authority to you. You go in my name. You are my body. You are my ambassadors. You are my representatives. And you're carriers of the power of the gospel, the power of the resurrected Savior to see people's lives saved and made better. John 14, 12, for very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then a companion verse with this, Acts 1, 8, but you will receive power, <laughs> oh, glory to God, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. So it's not my power, it's not your power, it's not are you a superhero, it's he will clothe us, he will immerse us in his power when his Holy Spirit comes on us. Now, when we are born again, God's Holy Spirit indwells us. We are, we are born again through the Spirit of God. But the Bible clearly teaches us that there is, after we are saved, there is this endowment of power, this being baptized, immersed in God's Spirit so that we can be a witness, so that we can testify, so that we can go forth and do what Jesus called us to do in Matthew 28. We are clothed in His power to do what he has called us to do. And that's why it's interesting when we read in the book of Acts, that happens uh, right there, uh, Acts 1, 8. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then it goes on later and talks about that same group as they were praying and crying out to God. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Same group of folks filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. So why is that? What does that look like? And I've heard preachers say it this way. Well, as human beings, we leak. I don't know if, it, if it's only leak. I think it's also sometimes we pour out. But the whole idea is our, our walk with the Lord is meant to be one where we keep filling up with his Holy Spirit. That's why it says in Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, in the, in the Greek language there, it's, it's a little bit of a play on the, um, the verb tense. It says, be being filled. Continue to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And man, that's just what we see in the book of Acts where there's miracles and the power of God and the kingdom of darkness being broken. It's been as God's people just walk Walking in the power of his Holy Spirit, fulfill the Great Commission. And so if we're here this morning and we're saying, Lord, more of your power in my life, I believe as we continue to pursue his mission, we'll see more of an outpouring of his Spirit in us. Because he wants to pour it in us so he can pour it through us. Come on, can you say amen? Amen. 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 You know, I had somebody at one point say to me, you know, don't, don't preach too much on, uh, on evangelism. You know, because like a lot of folks, you, you know, it's just, just they'll get overdone with it. I don't believe that's the case. I don't believe that's the case here. I think the more that we preach and we share our mission and our vision, God is going to continue to work in our hearts to the point where we say, Lord, I am about your mission. I am about your vision. And we got to keep beating this drum because there's so much in our world that wants to pull us aside from this.
Amen. All right, we're, we're starting to wrap up. A couple more things uh, to fill in. Jesus works in us to work through us. He works in us because he loves us. But then after that, he works in us to work through us. So here's the challenge. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. All right, so in conclusion, two, two thoughts here I want to leave us with. So, so if we're here this morning saying, all right, so how do I take this, all this that we're talking about, these truths, and, you know, together we fulfill the Great Commission, and, you know, the, the, the church, it's, it's not really about us, it's about reaching the world. How do I just step out? Well, you know, part of it, our worship team really set us up beautifully for it today and just simply saying, Lord, I surrender all that I am over to you. Lord, I yield to you with a heart abandoned to you. And he'll do the work in our lives, wherever we're at in the process, whether we're here this morning and, you know, uh, caring for, for the world around us is, is front and center or, or where we might feel a little further away on it. And, and you know, sometimes it could be as simple as just... Um, beginning to pray, just beginning to say, Lord, my first step that I'll do as I catch a heart for those that don't know you is I'll just start to pray for them. And I'll say more about that in a minute. But so two qualifiers to be used mightily by God. I kind of got a little ahead of myself and I, I unpacked them, but let's just lay them out. Number one, have you had an encounter with God? Have you had an encounter with God? Have you met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the starting point. Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know, they didn't say, hey, I think they were with all the religious leaders. They said, man, these guys, they've been with Jesus. And you know, when we have an encounter with God, the world around us is going to recognize something's gone on with you. They'll recognize that encounter that we've had with the Lord. They might not know what you know, but it'll be a testimony of who you know, and it'll impact them. All right, and then uh, the, the second question, are you willing? So have you met the Lord? And are you willing to say, Lord, use me? Lord, work through me. I bow my heart. I surrender to you and, and, and move through me. You know, it was really interesting. First service today, we had a, a, an interesting time where there was two different uh, words that were given. One of the words had to do, uh, after we were singing about having a heart abandoned, uh, one of the words had to do with um, God is saying, as we were surrendering to him, God was saying, the gates are wide open. All of my supply is yours. And I thought, Lord, that's just tying right in with what you have the message going today. And then somebody came up afterward and said, I feel like the Lord is saying this too. Don't be afraid to surrender to me. I'm a good father. 
And, you know, maybe, maybe there was something specific for that service where that had to be shared there, but I believe that that was uh, solid for us to share in this service as well. You know, when we say, Lord, I surrender to you, isn't it hard sometimes to say, Lord, I trust your will over mine? And so if we will just simply say, Lord, uh, I'm willing to be used, not any preconceived picture. Are we willing to love people? Are we willing to be used by God? Are we willing to allow God's words and life and presence be seen through us? Um, you, You know, we can go through scripture person after person after person that wasn't qualified. Hey, church, not for nothing, but, you know, me, me standing here on Sunday mornings, there's nothing in the natural that qualifies me. It's God's calling, and it's an obedience to God's calling. Amen? And that's so it is for every one of us. Amen. Well, hey, I am, I am praying and I'm trusting that your hearts are getting stirred up here today. Amen? That God is helping us see things from his perspective. And again, one of the precious things of gathering together regularly, of getting under the word and hearing the word. Can I just tell you, I mean this in love. Don't get mad at me if you're somebody who's ever said this to me. You know, but anytime I hear somebody say, I've heard that before, like, like meaning like, so why did I have to hear it again? That does not compute to me. Because I need to hear it over and over and over again. We are runners running a race, running the race of all eternity. And we have to keep hearing, hearing, stay on the path. Keep it going. Stay on the road. Don't stop. Don't give up. And that's the preaching of the word, right? It's all about Jesus. It's all about God's mission. Lay aside those weights and those sins that easily beset. Because you're supposed to be running a race, right? We just need to be stirred up and reminded. Right, going back to Hebrews, you know, to encourage one another and stir up each other to love and good works. And so that's what we're looking at here today. We want this to be, you know, listen, as we go through life as believers, we ought to be the most joyful of people that the world sees. You know, it's, you know, we, sometimes people think the more of a party pooper they are, the more spiritual they are. You know, that's, that's, that's not, that's a misunderstanding. But on the flip side to that, the Lord says, don't be in love with the world. So like in Christ, we want to have a blast in the world and let the world see, look at their joy, look at their love, look at, look at just, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. They're just, just full of life, these people. But at the same time, we don't want to be in love with this world system because it's fallen. And when we're in love with him, it's going to pour on us and it's going to water us to be, hey, they've been with Jesus. And that will draw others to him. People get tripped up by religion. People get tripped up by hypocrisy. But they don't get tripped up by Jesus. Even the greatest sinner, right? Jesus was called a friend of sinners because folks who were steeped in sin wanted to be with him. And then they didn't want to sin anymore. That's what we want them to encounter. Amen? Amen. What a joy for us to have the opportunity to be able to do that together. Would you stand with me as we close this morning? So just simply the prayer is that God would just give us more of his heart, that he would just continue to water this area in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Well, Father, as we close this service today, Lord, 
we're so grateful to you for your love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that we are heaven bound. Thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. And God, as we've looked at the mission of Christ, as we looked, Father, at your heartbeat, that you're not willing that any, any should perish. God, we're asking here today that you would continue to work in our lives and help us see through your lens. Lord, our world is filled with so much that desires to distract us. It's, it's filled with so much that would occupy our mind and our time. There's so much noise. Father, we live in times that are hard to deal with and hard to bear. Lord, let us not be derailed from keeping first things first. And as we've looked in this series, all of this stuff, what we looked at here today, we don't want to, we don't want to move in the flesh. We don't want to be moved solically. But we want a revelation from heaven. We want to walk in your heart. We really do want to see the world around us through your eyes. So Lord, even as we've prayed and as we've touched on this in the last couple of weeks, Lord, we're coming back one more time and saying, Lord, deliver us from the spirit of this age. Yes. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Lord, around this room, watching online, listening on podcast, Lord, if there's any that have yet to have an encounter with you, in making Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, let today be the day. In any place where we have feared your will or your plan, we say no to that in the name of Jesus. We say no to fear. We say no to being timid. And we just simply trust you. And I know this is a prayer that we've prayed. Let's continue to pray this. Lord, may we have ears to hear you. God, may we have eyes to see you. And Lord, may our heart be soft so that as you would lead and nudge and speak, that we would discern your voice so that we could walk in your way. So God, we're so grateful for all that you're doing in our midst. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us to overflowing, that we would be clothed with power to be your witness. God, in all of this, it's in the mighty, matchless, beautiful, wonderful, exalted name above every name, in Jesus' holy name, amen.